If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I am here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hi, hi, Colleen. How are you? <laughs> you sound a little um, trepidatious. Are you laughing already? I'm laughing because you sound trepidatious, and it's probably because you don't know what I'm about to ask you. But I'm going to ask you a question. I know. I get nervous every time. I get nervous every time you're about to ask me something. People probably think we prepare this part and we don't, so and that we, we can get the genuine reaction from each other. <laughs> That's why sometimes we stump each other at the beginning of these podcasts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. my question for you today is, it's an easy one. Do you ever do 5K runs? Oh my goodness. I tried. (laughs) So I went through a little stint where like I did, I have done a few. Mm -hmm. I'm not a great runner. I can kind of make it the whole time, but I probably stop and walk a bit and I haven't done it in years. So I should, it's a great challenge for me. Um, but I now have two track stars in my household. So we're about to, you know, get rolling on that season. So I will learn a lot more about running soon, but right now, no, not, not my area. Okay. So yeah. And I, I'm sure that we have probably talked about this before, but like, I am not a runner. I'm the person that runs when chased, right? Hate it. My (laughs) husband is a runner, like physical fitness in my house is a big deal, but I am the worst runner. So it's funny. Um, when, when I do five K's with, with my family, um, Like my husband will do a 10K and I'll do the 5K and he'll still beat Mm. me. It's like that. It's like that. But okay, so (laughs) I'm I'm asking this because I recently recently did one and I I really do enjoy doing the occasional 5K, especially if it's for an event, you know, with family and friends or um, I do them for charity sometimes. So this one that we have been doing for years is... um, it's, it's a, a f- oh, well, it's a fun run, but there are some very competitive people that, that show up at this thing and it's called the, um, the nun run. Have you ever heard of the nun run, Jill? The nun run. Well, our Franciscan sisters do a run here in Grand Rapids and I don't, I just don't know the details of it very well. So I can only okay. imagine what you're about to describe. Yeah. I mean, so the Nun Run here in Phoenix, it is a great uh, fundraiser for the poor Claire's. 
And actually this year it sold out. I, I think this was the first time that it sold wow. out and this was the 14th annual. So um, it was great. Like, and like I said, like I, I, I love to do, you know, the occasional 5k, but like this, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for real. I'm going to, I'm going to work hard. And, and because like I'm motivated, we, you got the sisters up there, but you know, before everybody gets released to start running and they're like sharing their stories and they're talking and you're motivated, they've got Jill. This is so funny. They, have outdoor confession spaces set up. So the priests that come in their full cassocks and they'll like hear confessions and then they'll like go run the 5k or run a mile or something wow. and hear confessions outside. Like it is, it's a really awesome event. Yeah. I want to come next year. We got to schedule this one. <laughs> Teacher's lounge podcast um, while running. Probably not. Afterward, the before. No, you can't. No, because if I'm actually running, and this year I actually beat my my um, 5K time, but I'm not even going to tell you what it is because it's horrible and and it's like laughable. But it was my best time, so it was like it was good for me. Yeah, I still landed about yeah. at the 50th percentile for my for my age group, but it was still a good time for not me. Bad. And what's so funny, like I was like I said, like my husband did the 10K and I did the five, and it, he finished just you know probably within a minute before me. So you know, he runs twice as fast as I do. He has longer legs than I do too. I mean, come on, in all fairness. What's great but, is that this this is the type of conversation that's always in a teacher's lounge though, is like people have hobbies and they do things and you think, how do you have time for these extra things? I'm so, you're like, you're proud of each other while you're eating your like third donut while someone else is telling you that over the weekend they did a marathon. So you're like, good for you, teacher Absolutely. colleague. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, so we, you know, when we think about, when we think about ways that we can support orders of, of sisters. Um, you know, I, I think about whenever I, whenever I do this event, I think about how hard the sisters work. I think about how, you know, they've been so fundamentally foundational to so many aspects of, you know, of, of service and especially in Catholic education. And so Jill, I'm, I'm, actually, you know, curious, like as, as I think back in my memory, my first, um, exposure, I guess, to sisters was, you know, when I was very small, we had, there, there were sisters that lived at my parish and many of them worked in the school. So my, um, my principals were both sisters, sister Beatrice and sister Anne were my Hmm. principals. I, you know, I only had two the whole time I was there. And, um, I had a third grade teacher that was a sister and I had my sister, my, uh, both of my sisters had, had also had sisters for teachers and I had our art teacher. Her name was sister Carmel. She was kind of the first, like really like fun and eccentric sister that I met. Mm. And, um, because the other ones were kind of, um, I gotta say like a little intimidating. Sometimes sisters can be, you know, like, Definitely my principals, Sister Anna and Sister Beatrice, they were like stony faced, kind of hardcore. You did not want to be called to the principal's office with those sisters. But there are so many sisters that I have met now at, you know, as I've grown and, you know, I'm so grateful for like the Cincinnati Dominicans who they founded my high, the high school that I went to. And I've met so many in my career and in my adult life who do so many interesting things. And I know you and I talked about this with vocations. 
And, you know, sisters can Mm -hmm. be scientists and they can learn multiple languages and they can, you know, teach AP Spanish and they can, uh, you know, they're, they work in healthcare and the, the Nashville Dominicans that are here in my diocese, they go around town, they ride their bikes around town in full habit. They go camping in full habit. Like I've learned these women are interesting women in their own right. And they're so dedicated to their faith. So I guess I'm curious, what's been your influence of sisters throughout your life? Well, and I don't think this is generational. So don't, don't jump on the, you've had a different experience because you're slightly older than me, but here in our diocese, my parents grew up with sisters everywhere. Every teacher, like you're describing every teacher, principal, everybody was a sister or a priest. And um, but I really didn't. So there was only one sister in my Catholic elementary school and sister Charlita, you would only go see her if you were having trouble with reading. And I was always mm. super jealous because I never, I never once went in there. So I've never, I never once had a conversation with sister Charlita and the kids would come back with like a Tootsie roll or something. So I was always super <laughs> jealous that they got time with her and I never did. So really until I was an adult, I didn't have, so even in, through high school, I didn't have any interactions with religious sisters. Wow. And so- and then I went to public universities. Yeah. My first two degrees are from public universities. So it really wasn't until I came back um, as an adult in this ministry that I started to see, which, okay, which is huge because it means that I never really, I remember praying about discernment and praying about whether I should be a religious sister, but I didn't have any examples of that mm. ever. So I really don't want that. I've, I've talked about this. I really don't want that for my own children, but um but I, yes, they continue to bless our lives in so many ways. And there's, and just that discernment process of, of which order. And I, I know priests go through this too, yeah. but it's not just, do I want to become a religious sister, but it's what am I called to do, um, in, in this life. But on Friday night, I had this amazing moment. Um, it was a women's retreat night and they had here in Grand Rapids, they brought in sister Miriam James, um, who on Twitter is one groovy nun and her background is in trauma therapy. Mm -hmm. And it was the most, um, I don't know, 90 minutes in a packed sold out church of all women. It was like, if you're, it was the who's who of, of women in the Catholic church in Grand Rapids, like all, all types of women in this church, not just one, uh, you know, not just one opinion of the world. Like it was, it was a wide range and, um, like not a dry eye in the place because she walked us through a really powerful, um, reflective, um, encounter with Jesus. And it was just so, so well done. She's, she's a huge blessing to the church. Her background is she was a, um, division one athlete in volleyball Mm -hmm. in college and then had a conversion and then started going through her own healing, um, her own like trauma healing from her childhood. And now she just gives her, her life to, she also has a great podcast, but she does, um, she does these big, these big talks and she has like a two year waiting list. It's really amazing what she does. So it's, it is really cool to see the range of how religious sisters, young and old continue to shape, shape us as a church. Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband has a great story about a a sister. I think he was in elementary school. I can't remember if it was elementary school or high school, how he talks about this, this sister. He would, um, he says he would ditch library class and go hang out with one of the sisters who was also a Cubs fan and they would sit and watch the, the Cubs games. And, um, and so he felt very connected that that's his, (laughs) his favorite sister story. Isn't that crazy? And I, 
Yeah. Well, and this is this is about a priest, but I had um, a few months ago, I was walking through my office and almost stepped on a couple people. And I looked down and it was our one of our senior students who's an office aide who usually, you know, like makes copies or whatever. She was yeah. seen on the floor next to our chaplain and they were having this deep theological conversation like on the floor with people stepping over them. Um, you know, you can't build that into a student's schedule. You can't, you can't, you can't make that up. Like that is just the real work that's happening in our students' lives. So So let the kids skip the class to go talk to (laughs) whoever about the Cubs. Because that's what they're going to remember of school. It is. It's true. It's true. And I, you know, I have to give a shout out here in Phoenix. Like I've just been surrounded by so many wonderful sisters here in, in the diocese of Phoenix and the, the BVMs that run, um, that run one of our high schools here. These women are incredible, incredible, dynamic, brilliant women. And so I've, I don't know, I think throughout my life I've been blessed. And so I, I get excited about the nun run and I'm happy to support and give back, but Jill, we are at the end of our time here in the lounge actually. So Let's head on back to class. Thank you for the energy boost. As we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts, teachers, please keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk more about great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time.